Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. You know what, guys? Screw the introduction. Uh, this is Rajan. I'm just going to get right down to business because without any sense of hyperbole, it's pretty safe to say that yesterday evening's 56 to 14 loss by the Washington football team against those vile and despicable Dallas Cowboys was clearly the worst defeat suffered by this Washington football franchise, whatever the fuck you want to call them, since the infamous Monday Night Massacre back in mid-November of 2010. So put it another way, this was the worst loss that us Washington fans, as much as we've been beaten down and tormented to root for this team, uh, it's the worst loss we've watched in over a decade. And that's saying something considering the decade of ineptitude we've witnessed for this team. I'm obviously recording this on Monday evening. I've had enough time to kind of walk away from last night's pure, I mean, debacle doesn't even scratch the surface of what happened. I, I did my best to stay away from social media today, especially I didn't since I didn't have to be attached to a computer since I wasn't working. And even then, the brief glimpses of social media that I did catch, or the brief glimpses of discourse, if you want to call it that, on social media that I caught among, amongst Washington fans was probably even more mind-numbing and brain-melting than the game itself. Um, Washington fans continue to prove that this franchise and this city and these and this fan base doesn't deserve nice things in any way, shape, and form, given the level of just moronic conversation that took place today. Um, I'm going to put that aside for the moment because I could have another multi-hour rant when it just comes to that. We'll just keep it as simple as Washington fans we can be as stupid or we can be as incompetent as the product that we saw on the field yesterday evening. Leave it there. Anyway, um, in fact, on the point of leaving it there, I'm also going to leave it there for more creative people and I to come up with a name for this debacle again. But, you know, I kind of like what people have been referring to it as the Sunday Night Slaughter. Uh, That probably is going to stick, but I don't know. I I don't care. Point being in all of this, I go out of my way to not say anything nice in any capacity about the Dallas Cowboys, ever, in any way, shape, or form. And yet the fact remains, and the fact that we're going to have to live with for a long, long time, is regardless of how depleted this Washington team was entering the game, and make no mistake, they were horrifically depleted, even given that the Cowboys absolutely kicked our ass in every way imaginable. Washington got their ass kicked in every way an ass can actually be kicked in the game of football. There's there's just no two ways about it. As an aside, you all, frequent listeners of the podcast, have heard me talk ad nauseum probably about the fact that my wife is an Alabama alumna. And why I'm going with this is that this is the type of lopsidedness usually saved for when the Crimson Tide plays against the Mercer Colleges or the Western Carolina Universities of the world. This isn't supposed to happen when one professional football team plays against another, especially when the latter had hopes of making it to the playoffs, which just kind of seemed patently ridiculous in hindsight now, but you know we weren't too far away from that a couple of weeks ago. In terms of the game, Dallas put up just under 500 yards of offense, and that was after taking their foot off the gas pedal for the majority of the second half of the game. Washington had under 260 yards of total offense, with much of that coming in garbage time when the game was already well out of hand. With a 42-7 lead at halftime, Dallas had a 99.5% chance of winning the football game according to ESPN's win probability metric. It was over at halftime, as if the score didn't tell you that already. But for another week, 
Washington couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball, and couldn't stop the opponent from doing both in whatever manner they so pleased. Dallas moved the football all evening with as little resistance as I've seen in an NFL game in years. If you caught even Cooper Rush, backup quarterback Cooper Rush came in and dissected our defense surgically on the first drive that he entered, again, ending in a touchdown, before Dallas basically started to bleed the clock out themselves and just try to get out of the game with as minimal, you know, nicks and bruises as possible. The Cowboys repeatedly pressured Taylor Heineke, again. They forced turnovers, again. They turned those turnovers into defensive touchdowns, again. And just for good measure, this evening, or yesterday evening rather, they even got a touchdown off a block punt, thanks in large part to Wendell Smallwood, who was a dude we just signed to the roster a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and Now, yes, the fact that he was out there to help surrender those seven among 56 points was very indicative of the state of the Washington football team at the moment. And, and to that end, you know, for those of you who listened to the post-game pod after um, Washington lost Philadelphia, Washington lost to Philadelphia, rather, a couple of days ago, and, and I have no intention of bringing this back up to pat myself on the back or anything like that. But I said it then, and the fact remains, the ramification of losing to the Eagles in that rescheduled weird Tuesday night game were twofold, in that we dropped a game that we basically that basically left our playoff hopes in critical condition. Um, and, and obviously they're clearly dead in the water now, so no one should be talking about the postseason in any way, shape, or form. That's done. Um but more importantly, it also left us in the position of having to play this Dallas team, this increasingly healthy Dallas team, on a very, very short week. Taking a very quick step back, Pat and I alluded to this a couple of times in our off-season podcast episodes, and I believe even our, in our preseason preview. Washington was, very quietly, one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last season down the stretch, especially when you compare to what other teams were dealing with, particularly the Cowboys as a perfect example. This season, our luck is clearly on the opposite side of the spectrum. You can't talk about the outcome of this game without mentioning the fact that the defense was without all three starting linebackers, plus Landon Collins, plus two of its top two cornerbacks, and that's not even mentioning the absence of Chase Young. I was listening to the John Kime podcast uh, after the game, and him and Bram Weinstein made a great point, which, you know, it deserves to be reemphasized. Dallas effectively played our fourth preseason roster tonight. And that's to take nothing away. Again, Dallas kicked our ass. Dallas smoked us in the way, in every possible way. But the fact is, is that the back seven of our defense were dudes that you put out on that random Wednesday night, Tuesday night preseason game before the season starts where you don't play anybody worthwhile because you don't want to get anybody else injured. The dudes that would be on the field were the dudes that Dallas put 56 on. Again, taking nothing away from Dallas uh, because they did what they did and they did it very easily and they probably could have put up 70 if not 70 plus tonight if they really wanted to. But... This still, who Washington was playing as a result of all the circumstances entering this game is is what it is. And, and I mentioned this in the game, in fact, in my ongoing Slack channel among friends. I mean, we might as well have been playing eight guys on defense tonight because our signed-off-the-street hobo linebackers were woefully overmatched. I mean, I don't think David Mayo, Jordan Kanasik, Milo Eifler, never heard of that guy until... We didn't see his introduction video in the game. Um, I don't think they would start for any of the four teams in the college football playoffs this year, let alone for an actual NFL franchise. And yet, 
These were the guys we had to roll with, and the results were clearly very, very painful as a result. The middle of the field was wide open, basically all evening for Dallas. It was so brutally apparent that these guys had no idea what their assignments were, no idea what to do with the schematic of this defense, and no business being on the field, especially when you saw how embarrassingly wide open that the touchdowns by Zeke Elliott, the first touchdown, this touchdown to Dalton Schultz, I think that was the second, and then even the offensive lineman, Terrence Steele, or whatever the fuck his name is, um, w- towards the end of the half, I can't remember, they all blend together now, considering Dal- Dallas had eight of them. There was nobody around them. No defender within a five to seven yard radius. They were wide open, laughably wide open. And that's as much on defensive scheme, or excuse me, as much on uh, the absence of guys or signing dudes off the street and basically playing them in an NFL game as it is a function of any scheme deficiencies. And, and to that end, it's not like we could have adjusted by playing some type of dime defense where we swapped out defensive backs for our linebackers because... One, the defensive backs were just as beleaguered by injuries. And two, that basically means you're going to give more time to guys like Bobby McCain, who does nothing but woof at the receiver or lay down cheap shots um, after getting beat repeatedly time after time after time after time. To borrow a phrase from Bill Simmons, if the Washington staff would be so inclined to part with McCain this offseason, I'd be more than happy to help McCain pack his belongings and drive to the airport. That dude's a fucking bum. So... That's not that's that's neither here nor there, um, but the fact is is that the entire defense was basically just, you know, a bunch of glorified practice squad guys, and 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 we as a result we saw what happened. Um, I'm not going to join the aforementioned Mensa crowd of Washington fans who are thirsting for the head of Ron Rivera. Uh, it, that's just ridiculous on a whole myriad of levels, and it's very common of you know the zealotry of you know brain dead fans. Um, but you have to admit, if nothing else, that this game really exacerbates a lot of the questions that we had about this Washington team and potentially even raises a few new ones considering the ongoing conversation, never-ending conversation about the fisticuffs between John Allen and Deron Payne. Um, I don't, I don't even really, I have to touch on this. I don't want to. It's just one of those things that makes me want to punch myself in the groin repeatedly as I'm discussing it, but... Um, you know, we've been led to believe there's multiple people who have come out and said that, look, these two are really nothing but tight in that this was just a function of getting their ass kicked in two consecutive games and frustrations boiling over. Uh, you have to pray that the blow up was indicative of the heat of the moment, but it's really hard to write off what happened as just an exercise in letting off frustration. And given the contract extension that we gave to Jonathan Allen and the fact that he has become the unquestioned leader of this team, at least of the defense, if not the entire team, and given the fact that we've got contract extensions very likely in the horizon for Montez Sweat and Chase Young, among other guys, you have to ask the question that does this fracture the relationship between Washington and Deron Payne? I hope not. Like like Pat is, I'm a huge fan of his. I hope this defensive line is remains intact, and I hope this is just a blip in the matrix that we never have to talk about again. But unfortunately, it is something that we have to talk about. Of course, in addition to that fiasco, we still have this glaring lack of playmakers, and it's actually even more glaring when you compare that, what we had or what we played in this game uh, in comparison to the arsenal that Dallas used to annihilate us. Um, our offensive line 
is solid, and that might be being a bit generous, and it was deep prior to the decimation by injuries, but Brandon Scherf is the only stud on the line, and we all know he's good to miss five games every season for one reason or another. Um, and of course, there's there's Taylor Heineke. Uh, Taylor Heineke's a wonderful story, um, but regardless we can rest assured now that he's someone you can absolutely trust to come in and play backup quarterback, be very frisky as a backup quarterback, and maybe hold the fort together for a few games. But a starting quarterback in the NFL, he is not. It has been reported pretty widely. It is pretty clear. Washington is going to enter this offseason in pursuit of another quarterback. They want to keep Heineke, but they want to keep Heineke as a backup. And to that end, um, I, I do want to mention one thing about Heineke's performance tonight in general, because it's going to get glossed over as we kind of sort through the napalm left by this game. But point being, Heineke clearly wasn't anywhere close to being fully healthy entering tonight. He was obviously hurt coming out of the first matchup against Dallas, which should be pretty obvious considering he didn't even finish that game. And on top of that, you can't convince me that he was fully recovered from his own recent bout, bout with COVID, considering... A, it takes a lot of people a significant amount of time before they're able to really recover and be themselves after a bout with COVID. And I'm talking about professional athletes. Just listen to Kyle Kuzma's comments today, jumping gears and talking about the Wizards, in terms of how much it took him time to recover from when he had COVID. And there was also that comment, going back to the Washington, to the Washington football team, that Al Michaels made how Heineke could barely lift a laundry basket as recently as last week. And this dude was starting an NFL game within a week's span. From from someone who couldn't lift a laundry basket, now we're playing him in a professional football game. Think about that. Going back to the big picture, I will forever love Heineke for the grit and the moxie that he's displayed on a weekly basis. But as I've said in many conversations with many of you that I've had, the NFL is getting to a point where you're almost required to have a freakish athlete at the quarterback position. Again, many of you have heard me talk about the fact that the NFL almost needs to start looking at quarterback prospects in the way the NBA looks at their own uh, lottery prospects. It's much more about the talent, the tools, and the instincts versus the production and polish. Heineke is not that athletic freak, and his lack of physical stature, his lack of arm strength, all of that continues to work against him and ultimately represents a ceiling that he probably just can't surpass, regardless of the grit, the moxie, the polish, the comfort in the system, and all of those types of things. Um, regardless, again, taking one more step back, tonight wasn't about Heineke's shortcomings. It wasn't about our lack of personnel on offense. It wasn't about our lack of innovative schematics on defense. Thank you, Jack Del Rio, or the guys we're forced to play with or without because of current circumstances. No, tonight's humiliation was about all of the above. It is a combination or a culmination of all the questions that we had regarding this team. So I'm not going to lay all the blame at the feet of Ron Rivera, but I will absolutely say that he needs to take a much closer look at the way this coaching staff and this roster has been assembled to date because whatever plan we had for this team entering the season, that plan has gone miserably awry. Rivera mentioned in a recent press conference that would be extremely disappointing, or something to that effect, if Washington didn't make the playoffs. And now, not only is this team all but certain to not make the postseason, but given the way that it's looked over its last two games, it looks much closer to the group that started the season 2-6 and six than it did to the group that beat Tampa Bay in mid-November. We were supposed to be enjoying meaningful football in these last few games. Now, 
The only meaning that Washington has left is to try and spoil Philadelphia's playoff aspirations. I can't believe we're talking about Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. Uh, it, again, makes me want to punch myself in the gonads repeatedly about that. Or to maybe serve the, as the nail in the coffin for Dave Gettleman's tenure in New York. Uh, John Mara, if you happen to be listening to my podcast, I hope you make Dave Gettleman the general manager for life for the New York Giants because then we'll never have to worry about you being a serious football franchise. This just sucks. Again, if I have to name the three worst things beset that will that are beset upon humanity, it is probably as of today, at least in the current current in the current world, it's probably terrorism, the COVID nineteen pandemic, and the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the three things that I wish would be eliminated from this planet immediately. And yet now we're going to have to hear from that insufferable group of fans and the nonstop talk, talk media cycle or whatever the fuck you want to call it about just how humiliating this loss was. There's nothing good to come out of this. There's just It's just going to lead to a shit heap of misery as we enter this offseason and as we have to grit through all the Washington fans pointing the finger at each other and just, you know, flaming each other for no good reason. It's so goddamn frustrating. Why are we fans of this team? Why am I recording this podcast? I don't know. That's about it. I got nothing left. Goddamn, I hate losing to the fucking Dallas Cowboys. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.